Welcome to the Locked On Islanders Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. Hi, and welcome to the Monday edition of the Locked On Islanders Podcast. Glad to be with you. Hope everybody had a good weekend. I know for Islander fans, Friday night was a lot better than Sunday afternoon. Islanders, after falling 4-1 to one on Sunday afternoon to the Tampa Bay Lightning, now trailing in the series three games to one, and the Islanders' backs are against the wall. They now need to win three in a row to advance to the Stanley Cup Final for the first time since 1984. We'll break down Game 3, uh, excuse me, Game 4, talk about what the Islanders need to do to turn it around in Game 5, and uh, have a full analysis as to why things happened in this game and in this series. If there's something Islanders-related that's on your mind, feel free to email the show with a question, a comment, a topic you'd like us to discuss the email address, LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your name and where you're from, we're happy to mention you on the air when we discuss whatever it is that's on your mind. You could also follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles. And you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWarsNYRVSNYI. And we'll have all the latest Islanders news and happenings for you as they happen. All right, so uh, a tough loss and a disheartening loss for the New York Islanders. This was not uh, a must game in the sense that, you know, they were facing elimination, but to really have a good chance to get into this series and win it, you wanted to be all even at two apiece. Now, three games left at most, two of them designated as road games, and for the Islanders, just uh, a disappointing performance all the way around, if you think about it. And, you know, the first period, when I look back, it was scoreless, and that was sort of encouraging. But what we saw on the ice was not encouraging. The Islanders did not have a shot in the first five or six minutes. Uh, they were outshot in the period 11-5, to gave up some very good scoring chances, and if it wasn't for the goaltending of Simeon Varlamov, then uh, the Islanders would have been behind a lot sooner, to say the least. So, you know, again, the problem that I had with the first period, more than anything else, was style-wise, that... You know, the Islanders want to come out and play their style of hockey. Tight checking. Not allowing the other team to have time and space to maneuver and to exit their own zone. And 
the Islanders' forecheck, shutting them down, and realistically, the fact that they didn't have that in the first period and really throughout most of this game uh, is one of the things that was discouraging. And, you know, I should mention that even before the game started, the Islanders announced that both Tom Kunakel and, more importantly for the Islanders, Casey Sezikis, left the bubble, are done, will not be able to play for the rest of the Stanley Cup playoffs, no matter how far in the Islanders manage to go. And look, losing Casey Sezikis especially, great on the face-offs, penalty kill, one of the heart and soul players on that fourth line that provides that four-check that we talked about and adds a physical element, scores some of those dirty goals that the Islanders need to score if they're going to win this series. So losing uh, Casey Sezikis for the duration of the playoffs, definitely putting it mildly, is making it more difficult for the New York Islanders to get back into this series. Now, second period got underway. Islanders, again, you know, they, they got a lot more shots on goal themselves with 12, but they allowed 14. And again, the style of the period too wide open, and you had three goals in 27 seconds by both teams. Islanders scoring first, Josh Bailey with another assist, his 18th of the playoffs, and a great goal by Brock Nelson. Just made a nice move off the good pass by Bailey, and beats Vasilevsky with a wicked shot at 11-27. Islanders lead one to nothing, and yet it only took 15 seconds. Yanni Gord with a long pass. Blake Coleman gets the goal, his fourth, at 11.42. And then just 12 seconds after that, uh, Andre Palat comes in, breakaway goal, 2-1. to one. And, you know, before you even had time to blink after the Brock Nelson goal, the Islanders sort of letting their guard down way too much time and space on both of these goals. And that's, you know, when you see, for example, on the Coleman goal, that first goal, one of the assists was to Vasilevsky because Gord made a beautiful pass, but you can't allow that kind of time and space. You can't allow a big, strong, talented team like the Tampa Bay Lightning to have that much room and that much space and that much time because they will create dangerous scoring chances and they will convert enough of them to make you regret it. And for the New York Islanders, they did regret it because all of a sudden they're down two to one. And again, neither of those goals do you sit there and say, oh yeah, weak goal, soft goal by Simeon Varlamov. No, not at all. But <clears throat> the Islanders not really sticking to their guns defensively not forechecking the way they need to, and again, the size, the speed, and the skill of the Tampa Bay Lightning, just a little bit too much, they, they make you pay for mistakes like that, and, you know, against teams that you're closer to in talent, like Washington and Philadelphia, it's a lot easier to get away with it, but when you're going up against Tampa Bay, and they are 
again, at a different level. And look, in the playoffs, usually every round, you should be facing a slightly tougher opponent. Lightning made him pay, and it just didn't work out. So after two periods, Islanders getting outshot 25-17, down 2-1, to one, still in the hockey game, but still not playing the kind of style of hockey that they need to to really be successful. All right, we'll come back. We'll dis- we'll analyze the third period. We'll have our Islanders birthday of the day. Look ahead to game five. More to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. All right, well, guys, talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually we just brush it off, blame ourselves, and say things like, I lost my mojo, or we avoid it altogether with excuses like, I had a hard day at work, or sorry, honey, I'm just not feeling it. But with Roman, it's easy to talk about it and talk about it with a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication. It's simple, it's safe, and it's totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your own home. A healthcare professional will work with you and help you find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. It's all straightforward, simple, and discreet, and getting started is simple. Just go to roman.com slash LockedOnNHL and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a healthcare professional and take care of it. Go to roman.com slash LockedOnNHL today. If approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNHL. GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNHL. You want Chinese, they want pizza, and someone is craving froyo. There's something for everyone on DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you're craving right now, right to your door. Ordering is easy. Just open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with our new contactless delivery drop-off setting. With over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia, you can support your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local restaurant, and your food will be left at your door. DoorDash deliveries are now contactless to keep communities we operate in safe. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKEDONNHL. That's $5 off your first delivery and zero delivery fees when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code LOCKEDONNHL. Don't forget, that's code LOCKEDONNHL for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. So the Islanders heading into the third period, down a goal, really needed to get one. And that that is what they needed more than anything. They needed one goal. And unfortunately, they could not get that done. It only took three minutes and 33 seconds for the Lightning to extend their lead. Braden Point back in the lineup, gets his ninth. Palat and Kucherov with the assists, and it was 3-1, to one, and then it's desperation time. And 
Look, the Islanders did get a power play chance. Uh, Palat was called for hooking at 13.52. Again, you're down two goals. There's a little more than six minutes left. That would have been a great time. They had a couple of other power play opportunities as well, and yet they could not convert. The power play failure continues to haunt the New York Islanders throughout this series, and again, when you're going up against a team that is more talented than you are, that is bigger than you are, that, you know, has a better record than you do, you've got to take advantage of those power play chances. And, you know, if the Islanders get one power play goal in this game, it's a whole, it has a whole different complexion. If they get two power play goals, we probably go to overtime. But the power play remains inconsistent at best, embarrassing at worst, depending on which power play you're looking at. And time is running out, obviously, for the Islanders to fix this, get things back in order, and get on the board and and, and keep this season, which has been great, this playoff run, which has been so spectacular, they got a win to keep it going. Uh, Pat Maroon ended that chance to get back in this game. Barry Trotz down 3-1, to one, pulls his goalie, and with 2 minutes, 24 seconds left, Maroon with the empty netter, Gord and Paquette with the assists, and 4-1 to one is the final score. 26 saves for Vasilevsky. Again, Varlamov, 32 saves in 35 shots. Can't say you fault him. The Islanders' top line, Barzal, Eberly, and Lee, they combined for eight shots, which isn't terrible, but they were a minus two in this game and did not, obviously, register any points. So it's a problem that this top line has really not produced enough consistently in this series. And again, Ross Johnston back in the lineup for the Islanders, and look, with no Sezikis, I can't say I'm shocked, but to me, Ross Johnston, you know, he doesn't really have enough speed to stay with some of the better players, and I'm a big Ross Johnston fan, but to me, he's not the right guy at the right time in this series, and it shows because he only played Six minutes and 48 seconds. Now, obviously, if the Islanders would have had a lead or if it would have been closer, he could have gotten more time. The face-off circle r- remains a problem. Only Derek Brassard, uh, a consistent winner, he won only three out of five. But Jean-Gabriel Pajot loses seven, uh, wins only seven out of 17. Matt Barzal wins just four out of 11. Anders Lee, one of four. Brock Nelson, six of 15. Uh, the face-off circle, a big advantage to the Tampa Bay Lightning. As for hits, Matt Martin had six. A lot of players had five. Clutterbuck and Pajot among them. Also six hits on defense for Adam Pellick. And block shots, Andy Green only played 14 minutes and 16 seconds. But he led the Islanders with three block shots. Islanders not with their usual higher number of block shots, and that is a little bit of a surprise. Both teams with 17, and hits were even at 48. Again, the Islanders' power play, 0 for 3, 
The Lightning, also 0 for 3 on the power play, but it really cost the Islanders. That power play also goes back to a large extent to the first line. And the first line has to be better. If the Islanders are going to get back into this series, and that starts on Tuesday night, they've got to have better power play play and better play from their first line. And obviously the first line and the first power play unit overlap significantly in personnel. So not placing the blame solely on those three guys, far from it, but they do need to produce. The cliche is always your best players need to be your best players. And for the Islanders, time is running out for that to happen. A couple of other guys who, you know, weren't all that productive. Anthony Bavillier, just one shot on goal. Jean-Gabriel Pajot held without a shot on goal in this game, although he was on the ice for 15.04. Barzi up leading the Islander forwards with 22.40. Adam Pellick leading all Islander players with 23-14. By the way, Ryan Pulak, a minus three, the only Islander on the uh, minus, who had that minus three level. So Islanders now with their backs against the wall. Time for them to show that they can still regroup. Look, Barry Trotz is not going to let them give up. And this team, it's not in their personality to give up. We'll see. We'll talk a little bit more about Game 5, preview it, talk about some of the things they need to do better. We have an award that an Islander, a member of the Islander organization won over the weekend and our Islanders' birthday of the day. So more to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. So Barry Trotz, uh, you know, doing a great job of coaching, but we don't talk enough, I think, about Lou Lamorello and Lou named the NHL's general manager of the year over the weekend. So congratulations to Lou Lamorello as uh, he wins one of the NHL's awards. Look, look at the the way both of his deadline deals came off and contributed over the course of the playoffs. Certainly Andy Green has been very helpful and you can't argue with what Jean-Gabriel Pajot has done over the course of the playoffs. So Congratulations to Lou Lamorello. He's doing a great job as GM. He's going to have his hands full during the offseason, mainly because the Islanders uh, are going to have a lot of cap issues, and they obviously have to re-sign Matt Barzal, who is a restricted free agent during this offseason. All right, time for our Islanders' birthday of the day. Happy 54th birthday to former Islander winger Mick Vakoda. The native of Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, joined the Islanders during the 1987-88 season, stayed with the Isles through 1996-97 before finishing up with the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Montreal Canadiens. Vakoda, 573 games, 17 goals, 46 points, and yes, 2,071 penalty minutes, including a career-high 293 in 1991-92, he had 290 in 1989-90. We're going to go back and look at one of the better games that Mick Vakoda had in his career. We go back to October 20th, 1989. Islanders taking on the Washington Capitals. Glenn Healy in goal against Don Beaupre, the goalie 
for the Washington Capitals. And in the first period, midway through, Mick Vakoda, his first goal of the year, Don Maloney and Gilles Thibodeau with the assist at 10.08. Then at 1440, Mick Vakoda again, his second, again, Gilles Thibodeau with the assist. Islanders up two to nothing in the first period. And just 28 seconds after that, Mick Vakoda completes a natural hat trick, his third of the game, third of the season. Don Maloney and Gilles Thibodeau with the assists, and the Islanders led 3 to nothing after one period. Capitals get back on the board in the second period, with Dean Chenouth in the box for cross-checking. Uh, Michael Pavanka gets his fourth from Scott Stevens. It was 3-1, to one, but the Islanders bounce back. Randy Wood is third from Jeff Norton and Pat LaFontaine at 14.05, and the Islanders led 4-1. to one. But the Capitals didn't quit. Doug Wickenheiser, his first from Rob Murray and Bill Holder at 15.52. And then, later on in the period, the Islanders shorthanded and Dale Hunter, future Islander nemesis, his sixth on the power play. Scott Stevens and Jeff Courtnall with the assists. And it was suddenly a game at 4-3. to three. But in the third period, late in the third period, Islanders on the power play as Dino Cicerelli was off for unsportsmanlike conduct. And Brian Trottier gets a power play goal. His third from Alan Kerr and Jeff Norton at 18-25. Final score, Islanders 5, Capitals 3. A hat trick for Mick Vakoda. The only one of his NHL career got the three goals on five shots as the Islanders skate away with the victory. Thibodeau with three assists in this game. Two assists each for Don Maloney and Jeff Norton. Maloney and Norton plus two. Thibodeau and Vakoda plus three in this game. And by the way, Glenn Healy, 26 saves to earn the win. Look, Vakoda known for what he did with his fists and for protecting his teammates, but even Mick Vakoda had some magic moments with his stick as far as putting pucks in the net. His NHL hat trick happened back on October 20th, 1989. Happy 54th birthday to Islanders fan favorite Mick Vakoda. He is our Islanders birthday of the day. All right, so... Game five, Islanders have to regroup. I would expect Ross Johnston to come out of the lineup and to see somebody else in there. Not that he played a terrible game, but again, I just don't think his skill set fits best with the way that this Tampa Bay Lightning team uh, and their skill set and their strengths line up. You also have a situation where the Islanders... They're going to throw caution to the, not caution to the wind, but they're desperate. They're going to have to give everything they have. And obviously they can't worry about, oh, we need to win three in a row. Uh-uh. They need to win one in a row three times. And they have to focus on just winning game five and then forcing a sixth game. They'll be at home. Uh, you know, if there's a sixth game and then game seven, you always figure anything can happen. But they have got to tighten up. they got to get the four-check going again and keep Tampa Bay bottled up in their own zone 
like they were able to do successfully enough with Washington and Florida and Philly uh, in those series. It's harder to do that against a better, more talented, bigger team like the Tampa Bay Lightning. So the challenge is out there, and we obviously will have it all covered for you. We will have a full preview of Game 5 tomorrow. We'll have some more quotes and more information and injury updates if and when they are necessary. Overall, Islanders win or go home quite literally now as they trail in the series three games to one. That's going to do it for today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Remember, we have a new show every Monday through Friday, and the shows drop just after midnight. So literally, like the Monday show drops Monday morning at 12.25 a.m., roughly, uh, on the podcatcher of your choice. So every day, and even in the offseason, we will have uh, at least three shows a week to keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news and notes. But hopefully that offseason won't be for a little while. Uh, Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe. And of course, let's go Islanders.